When A New Hope was released into theaters in 1977, no one, not even creator George Lucas, could have foreseen the absolute monolith the Star Wars series would become. 45 years later, the Star Wars universe is bigger and possibly even more popular than it's ever been, due in part to Disney's purchase of Lucasfilm in 2012 for $4 billion. Kathleen Kennedy, who was the co-chairman of Lucasfilm at the time of its acquisition, was promoted to president and has since served as the Kevin Feige of this galaxy far, far away. It has undoubtedly been a rocky road. The Force Awakens, which was meant to serve as a soft reboot of sorts, as well as the first episode in a new trilogy of films that continues and ultimately concludes the Skywalker saga, was largely well-received, but every film since has been marred by controversy, fan uproar, and production issues. In 2015, Josh Trank was hired to direct a Boba Fett film, but was fired after the release of his disastrous Fantastic Four, as well as his well-documented misbehavior on that set. Award-winning filmmaker Tony Gilroy was hired to write and direct extensive reshoots for Gareth Edwards' Rogue One, which involved a total reworking of the film's third act. And let's not forget The Last Jedi, the most divisive film of the entire Star Wars universe, and maybe even the decade. But these stories of sideways productions and rogue directors don't compare to 2018's Solo, a Star Wars story. Kathleen Kennedy hired acclaimed directors Chris Miller and Phil Lord to bring the famed smuggler's origin story to life. However, five months into production, and with a majority of the film already shot, the directing duo were fired from the production. The day after this shocking announcement, Ron Howard, who is close friends with both Kennedy and Lucas, was brought on to correct course and finish the film. So what exactly led to this major production shakeup? Let's find out. What the f happened to this unmade solo movie? Production on the film officially began in January 2017, with Alden Ehrenreich taking over the role from Harrison Ford to portray the Galactic Rebel. Rounding out the cast was Woody Harrelson as Beckett, Emilia Clarke as Solo's old friend and fellow orphan, Kira, Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian, and of course, Chewbacca. Lord and Miller, who up to this point have not had any experience working on major tentpole film, brought their unique style and tone to the production. Having only worked on comedies and animated features up to this point, the directors were accustomed to a more improvisational style of filmmaking. While this approach worked out on their previous films, it wasn't ideal for such a tightly structured and expensive production. Although everything appeared okay on the surface, Lord and Miller were often clashing with Kennedy and writers Lawrence and Jonathan Kasdan behind the scenes. This tension ultimately became too much to bear, and Kennedy fired the directing duo in June of that year, with five months of production under their belt and more than 70% of the movie already shot. The reasoning behind Lord Miller's departure was vaguely reported as creative differences, which led to wild speculations as to what went wrong. According to a Variety article published three days prior to the film's release, there was a confluence of problems that ultimately led to Lord and Miller's firing. For starters, their aforementioned improvisational approach to filmmaking was causing a tremendous strain on Disney's wallet. Days often lasted 16 hours, which led to a lot of overtime pay, according to one anonymous worker on the film. Lord and Miller loved to take their time and experiment with the material, finding the heart of the story as they moved along. 
The result was a production that should have been moving at light speed, but was often grinding along at the speed of an opening title crawl. Furthermore, Lord and Miller's tendency to improvise resulted in them moving further and further away from the script. According to writer Lawrence Kasdan, this resulted in a major shift in not just the film's narrative, but also its tone. While Kennedy hired them to add their famed comedic touch to the film, the director seemed more interested in making a straight-up comedy. Although, it should be noted that sources close to the directors argue against the idea that Lord and Miller were trying to make a screwball western in space, made evident by their hiring of famed cinematographer Bradford Young, known for more dramatic films like Arrival, Selma, and A Most Violent Year. Regardless, Lord, Miller, and Kennedy simply could not see eye to eye, and what started as subtle disagreements over the film's direction soon boiled over. Five months into the film's chaotic production, Kennedy met with Ron Howard and asked if he would take over the reins from Lord and Miller. Howard was understandably hesitant at first. This was a tremendous ask for sure, but he wanted to help his friend out. And after reading the script and conversing with his wife, he agreed to finish the movie. Two weeks after that meeting, Kennedy relieved Lord and Miller of their duties. And two days after that, Howard officially boarded as director. He was given a couple of weeks to get up to speed and figure out a game plan going forward. Production was extended an extra four months, leaving Howard and his team a mere seven months to complete the VFX-heavy post-production. Howard was mandated to reshoot 85% of the movie, resulting in extensive script revisions that accentuated the already tight schedule. Howard was working with writer John Kasdan to retool the action set pieces and rewrite Michael K. Williams' villain character Dryden Voss when he was unable to return for reshoots. He was replaced with Paul Bettany, and his character, originally designed as a mix of human and alien, was changed to look more human due to the time crunch. When principal photography officially resumed in July, the crew seemed to adjust easily to the shocking switch-up. According to crew members, Howard had a much clearer vision of the film than Lord and Miller, which resulted in an arguably smoother shoot. The cast also took the change in stride, with Donald Glover remarking, We got three great directors for the price of one. For the most part, filming went smoothly for the remainder of production, and, despite the incredibly short turnaround period, the film was completed just in time for its originally slated May release. Against all odds, Ron Howard saved Han Solo's origin film. However, there was one big issue. Solo, a Star Wars story, was, relatively speaking, a box office bomb. Despite making nearly $400 million at the global box office, the film's extensive reshoots and behind-the-scenes drama caused the original budget to balloon to nearly $250 million. And once you account for a marketing campaign that more than likely cost half that amount, you're looking at a film that barely scraped by, if it even did at all. It currently is the lowest grossing Star Wars movie in the history of the franchise. The film was such a disappointment for Disney that Bob Iger, the CEO at the time, announced a temporary pause on all Star Wars films going forward, with the exception of Episode Nine, which ironically enough had its own director upheaval, but that's a story for another video. With the film's less than stellar release, lukewarm reception, and well-documented behind-the-scenes drama, fans were undeniably curious to know if any material from Lord and Miller's version of the film made it into the final cut. Ron Howard shot more than 70% of the film, earning him sole director credit. Lord and Miller received EP credits for their work. 
Although he doesn't explicitly say which parts of the film came from Lord and Miller, Howard promises that the duo's fingerprints are all over the movie, especially in the film's grimy color palette, which was devised by Lord and Miller alongside cinematographer Bradford Young. In the lead-up to Solo's digital release, writer John Kasdan went on Twitter and revealed a few scenes in the final cut that were either directed by Lord and Miller or inspired by their take on the material. These scenes include the energetic landspeeder chase through Corelia that opens the scene, Han and Chewbacca's initial meeting. It was Lord and Miller's idea for Han to communicate with Chewbacca by speaking his language in a broken accent, and the kiss shared between Solo and Kira in Lando's cape closet. Furthermore, Lando's companion droid L3 was created by Lord and Miller. In the years following the Solo fallout, Lord and Miller have frequently been asked about their experience working on the film. They admit that it was difficult to move on from the breakup, especially considering they passed on the flash to make Solo. But the experience overall was fun and educational. The two have since implied that a major source of conflict between them and Kennedy stemmed from the latter's desire to rely heavily on fan service and callbacks. But Lord and Miller have ultimately reconciled with the fact it all boiled down to, you guessed it, creative differences. So is there a chance fans will get to see a Lord and Miller solo cut? The odds are highly unlikely. But as our favorite galactic smuggler would say, never tell me the odds.